Wednesday night for a while is what is our biblical civic duty as a believer? You ever wondered about that? How, how far do we go as a believer in defending our rights? Um, and so what, what is our responsibility biblically, civically, if that makes any sense? So I, I hear, I hear uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of preachers preach um, pacificity, and, and uh, I do not believe that Christ was a pacifist at all uh, from what I see in the Scripture. And anyway, we might look at that. I don't know if that piques anybody's interest Maybe we'll uh, look at some of that too. So, but we'll give it some thought. But tonight we're in chapter 27, and I titled this Paul's Fourth Missionary Journey. I don't know if you would call it a missionary journey. It's, it's one where, where uh, he, he knew God was taking him here, and so, but it's, it's not the, the typical missionary journeys that he's had in the past where he had freedom to go. Uh, where he wanted to and, and led of the Spirit that way. Uh, God is using this situation to get him to Rome, and uh, there he is to uh, uh, witness and, and uh, be a testimony to God while he's there in Rome. We know that once he gets there, that uh, not sure how much time uh, is there, but we do know that Paul ends up losing his life uh, after he gets to Rome. And so we're we are now getting ready to go on that journey uh, with Paul here in chapter 27 on his way to, uh, uh, to uh, Rome. And so he's been in front of the, all, all the Jews, and, they, and he's, if you recall, uh, a couple, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now, we uh, saw where he had compelled uh, King Agrippa to make a, a decision for Christ, and King Agrippa is some of the saddest uh, words probably ever stated in the scripture is that uh, Agrippa said that unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And so now we move on, and so now they are uh, preparing to send him on to Rome, and we get into verse 1 here of chapter 27. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus's band. So think, think about the people that are going to be on this ship now, and we have the centurion, and, and he's the leader of, of the military, and, and so he hasn't gotten there by being a slouch, and he hasn't gotten there by uh, uh, being lazy and, and probably very dedicated to uh, the Roman army, very dedicated to the will of the king and, and uh uh, uh, and Caesar, and so it, probably a pretty hard guy, but uh, through this we see that uh, obviously he must have, have known Paul for a while or heard about him, and I'm sure Paul had introduced himself to him, but we, we see that uh, Julius has some respect for him, and we'll see that here in a moment. So we have Julius, who's the centurion that's on the ship, and, and so he's going to have his military guys with him that are are, are there to uh, make certain that the prisoners behave. And entering into a ship of uh, a, a Drimitium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, 
being with us. And so if you go back, and, and, and I won't, but in chapter, 20, uh, chapter 19, verse 29, we see that uh, when Paul had come into Jerusalem and, and uh, they were looking for him, they couldn't find Paul, and so they found a couple of other guys, and, uh, and uh, Aristarchus was one of those, and Gaius was the other one, and they threw them in jail, and they brought them, and then that's when Paul came in and, and wanted to talk to them, and that's what got everything started. And so Aristarchus is one of those prisoners now that's on this boat. I don't know whether Gaius is or not. Maybe they let him go, or maybe he's on there. God just did not mention his name again. But uh, historians also, it's not in the Scripture, but it's on those uh, uh, later historians write that uh, Aristarchus uh, lost his life in Rome also under Nero. And, and uh, God doesn't record that, but historians did later. And, and so uh, they say that he was martyred also. And, and so he lost his life. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. So if you remember, there's Caesarea, and then they're right along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Now they've started heading up north, and they haven't gotten very far away from land, but they're uh, sailing north, and they come to the little city of Sidon. And here, Julius uh, allows Paul to get off the boat and go out and visit his friends that uh, he has met there and talked to, and other believers, I'm sure, that were there, and, and many of them were uh, praying for him, I'm certain. But here we see by this time that Paul has gained some respect with with uh, Julius to even allow him off the boat, and here he allows him to do that. And, and so we, we have Paul, we have Aristarchus, we have uh, Julius, all are on the boat. We have the, we, we have the uh, uh, sailors that are on the ship and the captain of the ship, and they're, they're not the same as the soldiers, and so we have those guys, and I'm sure they're pretty rough characters that are on there, and, and uh, Julius, the leader, and, and obviously you can just see through this that uh, Paul wasn't being quiet while he was on there, and he was talking and, and witnessing to these people as they go. And, and then it says that he was able to go into his friends to refresh himself. I, I hope you guys, and I, I'm sure you do, or otherwise you wouldn't be here, the, but the importance of, of meeting together, the, the time that we can come and, and encourage one another. And God, and, and I say this over and over, but God hasn't made us to be an island of ourselves and not made us to be a lone wolf that goes off on our own or a maverick in that area, but rather he wants us to come together and to encourage one another. And all through the scripture we see that, that uh, how important it is to have those kinds of relationships with each other and, and how important it is that we don't neglect those things. And, and I know that you guys are tired and, and that's why I try to study and, and give you something so that you don't leave here on a Wednesday night or, or midweek service like tonight, not on a Wednesday, but you don't leave here um, not being nourished in, in your soul from, from the Word of God and, and how we need to be those kinds of friends with one another. In, in Proverbs 17, 17, <clears throat> a few verses that talk about a friend, but Proverbs 17, 17 says, A, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Then you go on to chapter 18 and verse 24, and a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer 
than a brother. And then all the way over into chapter 27 and verse 17 and and uh, 27, 17, and it says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And how important it is that, that we are those kinds of friends. We, we ought to be the kind of friend that, that does stick close to one another, that, that helps each other, and, and, and we can share what's going on in our lives and, and know that it's not going to be broadcast all over the country, but you're, you're going to have a friend that can pray with you and, and is concerned about you and prays for your children or whatever the stress may be that, that's going on in your life, but how, how you can share those with friends and and be able to to know that you have a friend that that's going to be there through the hard times and and, and to walk with you and and guide you and I I, I love the story and I, I read it today too it just happened to come even uh, at the right time it was talking about uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh anybody remember Winnie the Pooh and and then there was uh, Tigger and then there was Eeyore and uh, Eeyore hadn't been around for a few days so Winnie and and uh, uh, Tigger go out to check on him. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Tigger. I think it was a rabbit, piglet. Oh yeah, the pig, not the rabbit. It's a, he's a pig. Yeah, piglet. That's who it was. Went out to see Eeyore and and didn't do anything but just sat with him. And, it, and then in the in the statement, you know, then Eeyore started feeling better just because of their presence and and uh, being there. And, and how important it is that that we realize this. And how many times do we see in Paul's life and what we saw in the in the book of Acts where, uh, I mean, Paul was about as strong as anyone when it came to their faith and their walking with God and trusting the Lord. But how many times do you think maybe he was discouraged along the way and God used someone to encourage him and help him? I'm certain that he did, and that's why God wants us to, to be that way today. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary uh, obviously, back in that day, there weren't any kind of engines that would propel anyone, and so it was all either rowing or by sails, and and so they were very much dependent upon the on the uh, wind and how they would uh, take different uh, paths across the sea, depending on how the wind was blowing. And so they sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the Sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, city of Lycia, Lycia, and there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. So here they switched out boats, and when he had, we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against uh, Nidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon. And hardly passing it, came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereinto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. The, the fast is, is talking about the Day of Atonement. And in saying that, then you can realize that this, this is taking place sometime in mid to late fall, and so the weather is changing, the winds start changing, and now we know apparently through the winter time that that we're we're probably dealing with a lot rougher seas, or or maybe there there's not as much wind that that is consistent, and and so anyway we see this, and 
And because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and ship, but also of our lives. Now, I'm sure that these sailors, and, and it is said that sailors during that time were very superstitious. And so they were always very superstitious in what they did and how they went about doing things. But uh, here we see that they don't heed to Paul, but uh, maybe Paul should have told them what he, what he told the Corinthians and let them know that, that he had some good experience on, on sailing. And, and God didn't, uh, another reason, I don't know why God didn't record all of these things in, in the Scripture, but go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and look what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse, start with verse 23. <clears throat> Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. So I faced death many times of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Five times. Five times he went through that for his faith. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. And we read about that in where they left him for dead. Thrice, three times, I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. I, 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 uh, I find it interesting we don't hear those stories. And God didn't, didn't want them recorded except here in 2 Corinthians. Didn't want to deal a lot of time on that. But, but you start reading these other books of the scriptures that God inspired Paul to write and, and we start seeing more of his life and we see more of the hardships that he dealt with along the way. And, and, and you know what we see here is, is that whenever we trust Christ as our Savior, we, I, I don't want to scare people out, out of trusting Christ as their Savior, but I always try to warn them that you know the best decision you'll ever make in your life is trusting Christ as your Savior. However, you've really not known what spiritual battle is until now. When you trust him as your Savior, now Satan is going to go after you and, and, and constantly going to be trying to destroy you. And God is going to be allowing that to take place so that your faith will grow and that you will trust him more and that you will grow stronger in your walk along the way. And, and you need to understand that that battle is, is really going to rage and, and how we need to be careful of that. And, and, and there's a great storm that's brewing here and... We're going to see that there's still a shelter in the time of storm. I love that, the, the thought of that. And, and so here, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was, and Gary Norris always uses this verse right here. I think it's a little bit out of context, but this is why he's always in Florida in the winter because he says Fort Morgan fits Verse 12, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in. That's what he always tells me. And so it's not commodious to winter here. And, and so I'm going to move on. And, and the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete and lieth north, the southwest and northwest. So that's where they want to go and try to stay through the winter months. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. 
But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliden. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And so here they are, they're trying to fight against wind. They finally said, we can't do anything, we're at the wind's mercy. And so they just, they, I'm sure what they did, they pull up the sails and they just let the wind blow them. And then they, they figure that later when, the, when they can sail uh, easier, then they can look up, they can find the stars, navigate from the stars and get back on track and get to where they need to go. And, and so they just let, it, uh, let her drive. And running up a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. So there are a lot of things going on in this boat. And, and here we see the storm. We, we see all these things that are, that are going on and, and, and uh, what they're doing and preparing in the storm and what they have to do. And, and much like what, what often we try to do also in our own lives when we're in a storm, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with their own hands the tackling of the ship. Anybody here ever been on a boat and got sick? Anybody here been seasick? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I, I can't even imagine. That is exactly what happens to these guys. You think about the boat that you were on when you got sick. They were on it for 14 days. And up and down and up and down, you know. And, and what, I, I wouldn't say that it was seasick, but I, I got motion sick. I was uh, fishing in Canada with some guys, and, and uh, we, we were out on a boat and huge lake that we were on. I mean, you couldn't, you know, you could see the tree line on the other side. It was a long ways away. And so the, the waves were white capping, and it was, it was, and I've told this story before, but there was only two of us on the boat, and it was a bass boat, and, and the, the old guy that I was with had, had been in the Navy for 30 years, you know, and he loved it, you know, he was bringing him back to the days, of, you know, and I'm sitting on the front, and I'm sitting up on the tall seat, and I'm running the electric trolling motor, and that thing would come up so high that the, the prop would come out of the water, and you'd come up, and you know, wee! And back down the water, and, and, and I'm trying to catch lake trout, you know, and I'm trying to fish, and I'm hanging on to the boat, and I'm running the motor all at, you know, and finally I just threw the pole down and just hung on to the seat and, and prayed that I wasn't going to die. And we, we finally went in, and that night I got just a little glimpse of that where I laid down in the bed, and it was like, and so I read this, and, and, and Look what it says in verse 21. But after long abstinence. That abstinence is an abstinence from food. It, it was, they had lost their appetite. They, they had not eaten. And, and here we see that, that uh, well, even verse 20, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They thought they were going to die, all of them. But then I love this in verse 21, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. You know what I see? I, I, and I know it's a spiritualization here, but, but I see that, that there are people in this world, we all are going through storms, we're all going through chaos, 
There, there are people that are completely lost any kind of hope that they're ever going to get out of this, and then there stands a preacher concerned about them and can bring them a peace. Oh, how important it is that, that we remember the truth that we have in us and in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God using us, we can give people a peace that nobody else can ever give them. And it comes from God himself. And oh, how we need to understand that. And, and he said, sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. You know what else I see here? That, that Paul says, you should have listened to God in the first place. It wasn't me telling you this. It's God telling you this. And, and you need to listen to what God's Word is telling you and, and how we need to listen to the same thing and, and be admonished. And, and we need to be willing to do that when, look, if we're a friend and we're going to be the kind of friend that we ought to be and, and your friend is doing something that they shouldn't, you need to speak up and say, don't be doing it. And so, and then when you do, and, and, and you're, you're in the midst of a storm, you need to be reminded, pay attention, and obey in the first place. But he said, be of good cheer. You're, you're, you guys aren't going to die. But the ship, yeah, it's toast. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Here again, not only had Paul gotten encouragement from his friends, but at that lowest moment in time is when God comes along and gives him a great peace. And I'm certain that there, everybody sitting here at some point in time, when you've been in a dark place in your life and, and, and it just seems hopeless in your life, that that's when God can give you a peace that passeth all understanding. So he says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. So now, now they're, they're uh, checking the, the, the depth, and they're checking the distance, and then later they, they go on and, and uh, uh, it tells us that it founded uh, 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. So that, now the sneaky little devils, the, the, the sailors have... Uh, said, hey, we got the four anchors, but we need to throw out another anchor. So, guys, come on over here. And so they're standing there, and instead of throwing out an anchor, they're letting the skiff down, and they're going to drop the little boat down there. Then they're all going to bail off into the skiff and say, see ya, we're out of here. Happy trails. And, and so uh, that's what they're, they're doing in, in uh, verse 30. Paul said to the centurion, so he sees it, and to the soldiers, except they, these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And so the soldiers came up and said, oh, no, we're not doing this. And Paul says, we all need to be on this boat together. And so they cut the ropes, and there goes the skiff. And then and the sailors now have no choice but to help them all to, to get off the boat. 
And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Kind of reminds you of another passage, doesn't it? Jesus sitting there breaking bread with the disciples and they're telling them pretty much the same thing. And, you know, I, I see here that when we're in the midst of a storm, we're in the midst of a major trial in our lives, that it's then that we truly need to commune with God. It's then that we really need to draw closer to Him and listen to what it is that He has to say. And, and, and not only listen to, to what He has to say, but, but it's then to enjoy the blessed presence that He gives us through the Holy Spirit and to help us and to guide us and, and to, to give us such a peace. And, and then were they all of good cheer. And they also took some meat. And we were in all in the, the ship, 203 score and 16 souls, 276 people. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded if it were possible to thrust into the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves under the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. So they lift up the sails, get the wind, and they're headed full blast right to the shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart struck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. You ever given thought to that? You, you never know how God is going to use your witness. Paul was witnessing to this centurion and had gained his respect by being a man that stood by his principles, stood by his faith, and, and here because of that, uh, uh, saves his life. And so, but the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded they could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And so we see God's protective hand once again upon them in the midst of a storm, and we see how God delivers them. Oh, how, how we need to give thought to, to those in our church family and, and during this time, and there, there are some that that are going through some very heavy struggles right now. And, and you know what? They might just need the friend to go to them and tell them that there is a shelter in the time of storm. And his name is Jesus. And we need to be the kind of friend that will remind each other of the Savior that we serve. And let's tell others about it too and see what God can do in our lives and use us even as God used Paul. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this story of 276 people saved by your, your hand. Lord, I thank you for the testimony of Paul. And, Lord, I pray you encourage each one of us to, 
live that way, to have that kind of faith. And, and Lord, when, when we need that encouragement, that we see that friend come by, or we read that passage in the Scripture, and we feel the very presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives giving us peace, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for each one who's out tonight. Pray your blessings upon them. Guide us home safely in Jesus' name. Amen.